0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: One, two, three, score! I fitty don't mess around, yes he played it slow and so we paid less dough. I can't wait to see our new offense score uh. Let's try to find our ceiling Cause our line alone has me hyped right now uh. Let's pray for CMC for sticking twos together And we need him now Come on, hey.
2: Radio 92.7 FNZ. Welcome back to the Nick Wilson Show. Uh, We got uh, five questions coming up in 40 minutes. I've already put those up in my Instagram story. At Nick Wilson says, get into them stories, fellas. Uh, But we'll unveil the questions at 1230 at the end of our Zach Gelb interview. He'll be joining us in 20 minutes. That is the hack song of the week. And it is... From the grading standpoint, it's been lost a little bit in the news of the day, which is that I am going back to Cleveland. I've got five more shows to do here on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ uh, after this one. So next Friday will be my last day. So I've gotten a lot of all of everybody reaching out, both Cleveland and Charlotte and in between and and giving me so much love and I appreciate everything. If I don't respond to it, please, I've seen it. I just trying to comb through the text line and Twitter right now. It's crazy, and uh, my ego is through the roof. But this might be my favorite hack song. Like, we got one more listen at 140. Every time I've heard it, when he hits Baker, I just – I go through the roof, guys. She pops all around. And not just that. There's the, the, the grunting and the sound effects of Bedroom Hacksaw in – The, uh, in the outcast homage, really well done. This is the way we should kick off this day, but we did kick off the day with that news about me as well. Uh, Darden, by the way, saying, uh, song of the week, a plus news of the day, F minus. Uh, my bad, but no, I appreciate y'all there. Uh, we got Zach Gelb coming up and we had Adam the bull on of uh, formerly of Cleveland Radio and and now with the ultimate uh, sports show on YouTube. And he's very down on Baker Mayfield. And listen if you look if you pay attention to the odds when I was uh on BetQL yesterday, they gave me the odds that after trading for Baker Mayfield, the Panthers are plus 460 to make the playoffs in 2022. Now, I, I, I do understand 10 wins in two seasons. I do think this season is a, a just a, a minefield for Matt Rule and company to make it through the end of the year and into year four. All of those things are fair to say, but plus 460 for a team that if you've paid any attention to them, had a really good defense last year, and I think finally has the depth on offense to be more than just a one-trick pony. So I thought it was really interesting. Zach Gelbs, who's going to be joining us in 20 minutes, had said, you know, one of the keys to the Panthers making the playoffs this year is Christian McCaffrey and staying healthy. And I don't think, seeing how this team is set up, I think this is going to be the least dependent on Christian McCaffrey the Carolina Panthers have been. Would, would it be absolutely amazing if Christian McCaffrey can play 16 or 17 games and be behind an offensive line and stay upright and stay healthy and stay functional? Yes, it's unquestioned. I'm going to give you a real hot take on the football side of things. Uh, a healthy Christian McCaffrey it means good things for whatever team he's playing for. You can you can actually quote that. Like people, I got friends on Twitter who all they do is share. This oh, what This is my favorite Abe Lincoln quote. This is my favorite MLK quote. This is the quote. you can get. Any team that has a healthy Christian McCaffrey on it will be better. That's my quote, my inspirational quote for this Friday on July 8th in the Lord's year of 2022. But I don't think they're going to be as dependent. One, and I think this is an intriguing thing if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy. It starts with Chris McCaffrey's never run behind a good offensive line. He That was offset a little bit when Cam was here because uh, having the game plan for Cam on the ground in, in CMC, it took some pressure off the offensive line. But when Christian McCaffrey's been healthy, he's still been incredibly productive despite playing behind just god-awful offensive lines. So last year... When Christian McCaffrey was not healthy, and we saw there was a Bonafon moment. There was uh, two years ago was Mike Davis moment, and this guy ran and this guy ran. Chuba Hubbard had his day. Like everybody's down on Chuba Hubbard because of what we saw last year. Chuba Hubbard was running behind a dog crap offensive line. And by the way, if any of the members of the offensive line are listening, please don't beat my ass. But more importantly. Like that, they had some talent. Taylor Moten is fantastic. I think Brady Christensen, wherever he plugs in the offensive line, I think he was maybe their second best offensive lineman last year. Deontay Brown, when he got into the uh, into the, the the lineup, he just moved people. I don't know if he was very good, but he just moved people. So, like, they had some talent. The problem is they just weren't any good altogether. That changes. So whether it's Chuba or Foreman or whether one of these undrafted kids make the roster, whomever ends up being, Christian McCaffrey himself, whoever ends up being the primary rusher for the Carolina Panthers, I think they're going to be in the best situation they've been in. I can say that about the quarterback. I can say that about the run game. And I think that's a really important idea for the idea of Christian McCaffrey, the Panthers in making the playoffs. I mean if you told me right now if you can guarantee guarantee me 15 or more games from Christian McCaffrey, yeah, I mean guys just on trading for Baker yesterday, I locked in the playoffs. Somebody earlier today on the text line tried to say that I locked in the uh Panthers Super Bowl. That did not happen. That was not a thing that happened, but I did lock in the Panthers winning at least a wild card spot this year and at least going to the playoffs next year because of Baker. If you get a couple belts in me and you uh you you guarantee you, you guarantee me 15 games of Christian McCaffrey, I'm I might be uh I might be in the right frame of mind to start talking about a playoff run. But this team because of the offensive line, more importantly because of the depth at running back and the depth at wide receiver. Robbie Anderson drops passes. Well, you who last year who are you going to bench Robbie Anderson for? Were you going to go to Keith Kirkwood in week eight and make everybody feel better? They did that, by the way. Were you going to go to the Z Man, Brandon Zilstra, uh, whatever, create a player they had just signed off the uh, waiver wire that week or the practice squad? No. Well, now you've got Terrace Marshall Jr. Year two. Now you've got Hollywood Higgins, who was a pretty good third wide receiver in Cleveland. Kirkwood is back. The Z Man is back. You've got a depth pretty much everywhere on this offense outside of tight end that I think is really intriguing. So, Zach Gelb, CBS Sports, is going to be joining us in 15 minutes. He said the key to success this year for Carolina is a healthy Christian McCaffrey. I would actually disagree. It can't hurt. It will make them only better. To me, I think it's it's about, and this is going to be – I think we need tangible evidence of an identity that both Ben McAdoo and Matt rule agree on. And Matt rule has stated the first year he was kind of subtle about him talking about, uh, wanting to run the ball more last year. There was no subtlety about it. It's why Joe Brady didn't last a full second season. Matt rule said via the media and Matt rule does not throw a lot of guys under the bus. He'll tussle their hair. He'll say some bizarre stuff. But Matt will go out of his way to not say anything personal or call anybody out. And guys, every week, after probably week three of last year, Matt Rule was like, I think we should run the ball more. And our question is, well, then, you're the coach. Why the hell isn't it happening? That can't happen this year. Joe Brady being either insolent or... Joe Brady just not listening, or Joe Brady being a green play caller, whatever that cause was, you got your you got your pass for it. Ben McAdoo and Matt Rule need. I'm talking about week one. In camp, we need to hear what Matt Rule's identity and Ben McAdoo's identity is for the offense. And then uh, in preseason, we need to see evidence that that's where they're going. And then week one, if Matt Rule says we want to run the, the ball 30 times a game and they run 29 times... I'm sorry, let's be super literal about this, especially against a Cleveland defensive line that I think can be pushed around, outside of Miles Garrett, who's a friggin' beast. So, where does it begin for you, the key to a playoff run? Because I'll say, if I think Baker Mayfield's health is more important than Christian McCaffrey's. Both need to be healthy if we're talking a real playoff run. Something more than just what Philadelphia was last year, the sacrificial lamb, the weak link in the NFC. Both have to be healthy for that to happen. But, one, quarterback's the more important position, and I think the gap between Christian McCaffrey and your average running backs, which I think either Foreman, Deonta Foreman, who they signed, or Chuba Hubbard can be. At the very least, Chuba Hubbard actually might have a chance to pop off in absence of Christian McCaffrey this year. Year two, uh, better offensive line, better quarterback. I, I Low-key, I'm really excited to see what Chuba can do this year. But I would trust Chuba or Foreman or both of them together in absence of Christian McCaffrey more than I would Sam or a rookie quarterback in absence of Baker. So Baker's health, to me, is the next step to... A Panthers playoff run. Now, I, somewhat or somewhat not, tongue in cheek, I still haven't figured out. Emotionally, I don't know. I'm in a glass case of emotion right now. I got a lot going on right now. But I said, and I, I locked in a Panthers playoff berth this year with Baker Mayfield. What has to happen for the Panthers to make the playoffs in year three of Matt Rule? Cause I think anything short of that, and I and I actually said this, like I, I think it was I was on BetQL yesterday with Nick Ashu, who joined us in the uh, two o'clock or the, the second hour of the show. You find the whole stuff on WFNC.com, by the way. Hours, bits, interviews, whatnot. Uh but one of the things I said was like Matt Rule has to know they've got to hit the ground running this year. That's why I was so perplexed about waiting until the last moment to trade for Baker Mayfield because your best quarterback you're not putting in the best position to succeed by virtue only you got a good offensive line good everything i just said is true but you're giving him a month to learn the offense before camp less than a month in fact three weeks but the biggest thing when we talk about hit the ground running you have to because you get beat on your home field week one all bets are off with dave tapper I, I feel like I've been around uh, the 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 organization, whatever that means. I feel like I've observed the organization with Dave Tepper at the helm enough to know. I think they respect Dave Tepper. I'm sure they like Dave Tepper. But I, I think Dave Tepper's management style probably isn't conducive to feeling comfortable or... The the pressure cooker there already is in the NFL, I would be really surprised if it wasn't ratcheted up by a guy who had the personality of Dave Tepper. Big personality, you know, very supportive uh, financially and otherwise, but big personality demanding high expectations. If they lose week one and it's Baker loses to Jacoby Brissett or Baker loses to Deshaun Watson... The heat is going to be on the seat under Matt Rule is going to be on fire. So anything short of a playoff run, that's what we're stepping into. If they go 0 and 1 or 0 and 2 or 1 and 2 or 1 and 5, Matt Rule has to know they got to hit the ground running this year. So in the event we're talking about Zach Gelb, who's going to be joining us here in in a moment, saying that uh, you know one of the keys is Christian McCaffrey's health. What are the first few things that have to go right for the Panthers to be seriously a, a serious consideration for making a wild card spot this year? I think the hard work's done from Scott Fitterer's side of things. I think the roster's better. Now it's on Matt Rule to make it happen. Zach Gelb, CBS Sports Radio, next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. <laughs> Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. We got five questions coming up in about 20 minutes here. Uh, They're going to be up at WFNZ on the Twitter machine in about uh, 10 minutes. As a matter of fact, that's how we'll end our interview with my guy, your guy, that's coming up here in just one second. But if you wanted to head over to at Nick Wilson says on the gram, as the kids say... And if you wanted to uh, hit the follow button and check out my story, you can respond and slide into my DMs. It's really, I mean, there's following Nick Wilson on Instagram, food, dogs, and fat guys in Hawaiian shirts. That's a plus. Another win is I have excellent stories, right? I was in a two scoop story the other day, highlighted my time in Charlotte. And then three, you get to slide into these DMs. Get after it, at Nick Wilson says. Five questions coming up in just about uh, 20 minutes there. But I got plenty of questions for our next guest. He had has followed Matt Rule since their days together at Temple. He is the man, the myth, the legend. You know him uh, from Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ on this station as he's part of the night lineup for CBS Sports Radio Network. Zach Gelb on the guest line. What's up, buddy?
0: Nick Wilson, got a question for you. Has Baker Mayfield slid into your DMs asking to buy your house since you're on the move?
2: Um, Don't make me cry. Because if Baker Mayfield (laughs) slides into my DMs for anything, for food, you know, hey, Nick, where should I go for food? Hey, Nick, uh, you're still fat. He could do anything. And Baker Mayfield in my DMs, and I'm tearing up like it's the end of Titanic up in here.
0: Well, congratulations on all your success. Uh, very happy for you as uh, you continue to make moves. Baker coming to to Charlotte, and you're going back to Cleveland.
2: Listen, I feel like my destiny was fulfilled. I got Baker here, and now and now I can now I can be at peace for the Carolina Panther faithful. You said. Um, we, we we've we played the clip here a few times. We we've said that, or you've said that Christian McCaffrey is kind of the key to this year. Why do you think McCaffrey is the key to the Panthers and Baker Mayfield and Matt rule in year three breaking through?
0: Well, when you look back at when Baker Mayfield had a really good season with the Cleveland Browns, where they made the playoffs for the first time since 2002, won a playoff game for the first time since 1995, that offense is predicated off a kick-ass offensive line and then two running backs that were top five total in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns in the NFL. And Baker Mayfield's numbers were a little bit better than, let's just say, what you would consider a game manager. I don't think he's a game manager. I think he's slightly better than a game manager. That was, what, 26 touchdowns to eight interceptions. So they improved the offensive line this offseason in Carolina. It's obviously going to be better than what it was a year ago. It won't be better than what Cleveland has. But they really need McCaffrey to be healthy because when he is healthy, he's the most feared player on this roster. And they need him to carry the baton and then Baker be the complementary piece to what would be a great deal. So
2: looking at the Baker deal and what, what they gave up for him, which is just under $5 million in salary and a fourth or fifth round pick in two drafts. What is the bar for success specifically with Baker to start here today? the Carolina like how how can we look back in a year and say this was a successful trade for the Panthers
0: I think the absolute apex of this deal for this year and it's 100 percent the right move by the Panthers because Sam Darnold stinks Uh, I went to school with PJ Walker he was a good college quarterback but I never thought he would be playing in the NFL and Matt Corral's not going to be ready yet even though I like him uh come out of Ole Miss don't know if I love him so you needed to go out there and get Baker Mayfield. But the way I look at this, Nick, uh, Nick, if everything goes right in this in this trade and Baker Mayfield plays the way that we think he can, Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, defense continues to get better and better, and the line shows up, this could be could if everything goes right, be a nine and eight football team in a weak NFC and maybe be a seven seed in the playoffs.
2: In terms of Baker Mayfield, the quarterback, uh, I get really pissed. When I hear people, there's there's just there's certain things about the perception, this kind of group thinking perception of the NFL, which is basically if you're not a franchise quarterback, you're ass. And I think we know there's a gap between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. One, it, Neither are franchise quarterbacks to this point, but one is somebody you can trust to play. Where in the... How do you qualify Baker Mayfield, his skill level, his abilities, you know, what, what NFL antiquated term do you use to describe Baker?
0: I think he's good. I would not call him very good. I would not call him great. I would not call him a franchise quarterback, but I do think he can be good. Um, I do believe the narrative this off season has been absolutely ridiculous because we talked about what he did in 2020 And then he got hurt very early in the season last year, week two, after a good game uh, up against the Kansas City Chiefs in week one of the season. And I still don't know how much of last year was impacted by the injury or just him not maybe being as good as we thought he was in 2020. So overall, I look at Baker Mayfield as someone, if all goes right, at the end of the day, with the best version of Baker Mayfield? I could see him being a good quarterback. I don't know if I want to compare him to this guy. But maybe down the road, if Baker Mayfield gets his career back on track, we look at him the way that we look at Kirk Cousins, where Kirk Cousins, who I would say is a very good quarterback, but he's not great. To me, he's not a guy I'm jumping up and down like a fat kid in a candy store over if he was my quarterback. But he's someone that is capable of winning games in this league. I just don't think he won a Super Bowl with
2: him. All right, let's go to Matt Rule, year three here. Um how much of a leash do you think Matt Rule has in Carolina heading into year three?
0: I think he definitely has to have a, a successful season. Um, if he do you think he has to, to be bad.
2: good? Do you think he has to be good out of the gate to ensure a full season?
0: Well, well here's the thing: you guys have been fine out of the gate the last two years. Uh, I, I just don't think there could be a, a long losing streak. Remember, Tepper, we all know, is loaded. He's He's worth so much money, and he's going to be aggressive. I would, I kind of think he'll get a full season, but if you do go in one of those five, six-game losing streaks, uh, then that could be something when you're talking about David Tepper still trying to make an impression as the new owner, and this was a big hire for him and a hire that I thought at the time was successful. We'll see what happens here in year number three. Um, then maybe he starts to, to make a move earlier than what I would have expected.
2: So let's get to Matt's future. If it doesn't work out this year, because I actually think I like, I think what's going to happen is going to happen. I like where the roster is, and I mean, I think I, I think this is the best chance Matt Rule has had to do something like you described earlier. Nine, ten wins, wild card spot, and I think that's enough for me. I, the guy that scares the crap out of me isn't Matt Rule as a head coach. It's Dave Tepper who I think might have moments uh, where he's a little bit uh, extra, as the kids will say. If if it doesn't work out and Matt Rule either gets marked during the season or maybe just you know at the end of the season it's not working out, do you see Matt Rule staying in the NFL uh, and going back to the assistant route? Or do you see Matt Rule maybe trying to go back to college if this doesn't work out here?
0: My first thought would be probably go back to college. But if you go back to the teams, and I don't know what the interest level would be uh, in that in the NFL, if he did become available during the season or after the season, whatever it may be, if that's the way that this goes down, you got to remember the jets were about to hire him. And the reason why the jets didn't hire him is because Matt wasn't going to be allowed to pick uh, some of the guys on his coaching staff. And this is kind of an underrated part of the story he had an interview or at least a conversation with the Indianapolis Colts after the one win that he had at Baylor. And from my understanding, that conversation with Jim Irsay went very well. It was just going to be very tough for the Colts to justify, not saying that they were definitely going to hire, but justify bringing in a football coach that only won one game in college um, when he was at Baylor. So I know he has good relationships in the NFL. He made a lot of impressions even when he was an assistant offensive line coach. Uh, with the Giants. So I don't know where the NFL interest level would be, but I know he has a lot of good relationships uh, through the hiring process throughout the years in the NFL. And obviously uh, he was a hot commodity a few years ago for an NFL job. But I would think logic would probably say if he is out after three years with the Panthers, then you probably go back to college because uh, that guy is a tremendous college coach. He's trying to prove himself in the NFL. Uh, I do believe he is a good coach, but sometimes it just translates to the NFL. It's different styles. You need to have a quarterback and there's so much more that goes into it. Uh, he would get a job tomorrow if he wanted to in college, not just any job. I'm talking about a big job in college. That's what, what was so impressive with what he did at two programs that were pretty much dead in Temple and Baylor. And he turned them into winners.
2: I got this stat yesterday from uh bet QL or this odds of, or odd from uh bet QL yesterday. The Panthers are plus 460 to make the playoffs this year after trading for Baker Mayfield. Can I get you to take that action?
0: I would consider it. Um, I'm not going to tell you I feel great about it, but the, the odds, that's a good number at, at plus 460. Like Here's how I look at the NFC, Nick. There's two great teams. It's Tampa and it's LA. You know the Packers are going to go win 12, 13 games. I just don't view them as a great team because I don't know who Aaron Rodgers is throwing the football to. So it's those three teams. Someone has to win the NFC East. Right now, I would go Philadelphia. Let's say Dallas also make the playoffs. After that, you got two spots. Uh, Saints and Panthers, they'll be battling it out for second in that division. You look at the Vikings, we don't know what they will be, but they'll be battling out for the second spot in the NFC North. And then you go out to the NFC West, Seattle's going to stink because they don't have a quarterback. And you look at the other two teams, I don't know what to expect out of Trey Lance. And even though you would think, okay, the Cardinals are shooing to make the playoffs, their schedule isn't easy the first six games, and Kyler Murray doesn't have his favorite weapon in DeAndre Hopkins. So you look at the Eagles last year. Like for Carolina this year, be the Eagles of last year, where even though Jalen Hurts was a question mark, uh, you had a good offensive line, um, you, you had some, some playmakers, you had a solid defense, and you were able to go 9-8. and eight, And yeah, you got blown out of the wild card game, but at least you got there. And I know all Panthers fans would sign up for that right now, going 9-8 and eight, and at least having some optimism.
2: All right, and we end um, all right we end. We end most interviews after we get to our, our five questions by putting our guests through the ringer with whatever five questions we have on that day. Rapid fire. First thought is the best thought. Are you ready to can you handle this high heat, Zach Gelb?
0: Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. All if right. I, if I can, I'll just hang up and we'll have a controversial uh, interview featured on Barrett Sports Media.
2: I love. You know what? Just do it anyway. No. Uh, what? Pa- <laughs> what player do you wish you uh, would have watched in person?
0: Oh, which player would I wish I could have watched in person? I will go Babe Ruth. All
2: right. Who are your celebrity doppelgangers that people have told you?
0: Um, I've gotten Josh Gad recently, and then. Uh, Jonathan looked Nicky when I when I was a kid. <laughs> All right.
2: Uh What is your number one road trip bucket list item? That can be sports or otherwise.
0: Ooh. Oh, I thought you meant like food while traveling in a car. I was going to say beef jerky. Uh, bucket list item. I would. I want to go to a game at Lambeau Field.
2: Uh, best free agent signing in the history of sports.
0: Best free agent signing in the history of sports. Oh, that's a great question. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's not Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving with the Brooklyn <laughs> Nets. <laughs> um, wow, that's a, I'm actually stumped on that one. Um, all
2: right, will come back to it because I'll give yeah. you time to think about it. Uh, who is your favorite TV character?
0: Favorite uh, Tony Soprano.
2: Ah, all right. So this is the genesis of that question is. I'm re-watching The Sopranos right now, and I got caught in. There's only one weak point in that entire show, and it is the first three, four, five episodes of the second season where uh, David Chase was figuring out how the hell to move on from a flawless first season, and uh, I'm, like, so frustrated because there are so many great Tony moments and, and just show moments in the second half of that season. But, yes, that is... Uh, I have forgotten how much Tony is, if not my favorite character, one of my favorite uh, TV characters. All
0: right, we'll give you one final well, stab. If, at the... if you go back, Nick, but real quickly, just here's some some uh, fun facts. You know how they they whacked Big P early on uh-huh. uh, in that you know in that in that show.
2: We're building my to that.
0: Former, uh, my cousin's ex husband, who I'm still close with, uh, was his son in the show. Oh. so he got like the airtime for an episode or two look
2: at that i I, okay i can actually visualize it because i literally just watched the episode where uh that that scares him to go on the lam for a little bit all right final crack at the best free agent signing ever
0: honestly that one that's a stumper like off the top of my head um you know what can i just do do something recently yes okay i'll go hockey (laughs) sorry to bring this up to uh Hurricanes fans, I'm very happy with your Temi Panarin signing for the Rangers.
2: Um, I'm also a Blue Jackets fan so, and and Blackhawks <laughs> fan, so thank you for kicking me specifically in the Nards. Follow this man on the Twitter, at Zach Gelb. Zach, we love hearing you on the station. Sports Radio 92.7, FNC every night. Keep killing it, buddy.
0: Thanks so much, Nick, and all, all the best to you and your success.
2: Appreciate you, buddy. Zach Gelb there on the guest line. You heard... The five questions that I have for you, we will be getting to our answers. The Lipnicki thing, uh, Zach Gelb saying that was his celebrity doppelganger when he's little. That about ended the show just then. More on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Welcome back to the Nick Wilson Show. We just had Zach Gelbon, who you hear here nightly on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. And at the end of it, we asked him the five questions for today. You can check them out on my Instagram story, at Nick says. Follow me. Drop into those DMs. Do what you do on the social media or at WFNZ on Twitter. Itty-bitty-fitty. Are you ready? To answer the five questions, my friend, it's usually where you get the mic in front and they yeah, do the talking.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm ready for your. Five you know, questions.
2: I'm about to go into the Nick Wilson show, uh, uh, the Nick Wilson show uh, Twitter account and vote against or vote for somebody else as Charlotte's, sorry, 92.7 FNZ's mo- uh, third most eligible bachelor. You fell in the rankings a little bit there
1: yeah i fell on my sword i thought i had the uh the music pulled up i had the garage door guru sounder pulled up instead you know what um by too much, to me
2: too much more of this and i'm gonna leave the damn station no no uh, uh number five uh this was uh, so uh zach gelb known new yorker said babe ruth what player do you wish you would have watched in person so this can either be somebody who has been alive during your lifetime you just get, didn't get the chance to watch, or somebody from an era that is uh, that is that you didn't get to see.
1: So like for me, there, there's a long list because I missed the '90s Cowboys, um, and I missed a lot of prime. Like I miss prime Ray Lewis and guys like that. But that, I'm that go- guy
2: could really murder on the field. Let me tell <laughs> you.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna go with the guy whose Mets jersey I don and tomorrow will be celebrated. And his jersey will be retired. And that'd be Keith Hernandez, the greatest first baseman, defensive first baseman, maybe in the history of baseball. So so let me understand this. I'm giving you the DeLorean. All right. You yeah. can go back and watch
2: Will Chamberlain, Babe Ruth, Willie Mays. You can watch the greatest of greats to ever play. And you're going to go back into 1984 and watch
1: Keith Hernandez hit 320 with five home runs and play good defensive first base specifically 1986 because we don't win that world series our last world series without keith hernandez i feel like that's a waste of a good delorean like I, 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 it's a valid choice. I've got so many. Like I'd love to watch Ted Williams just hit.
2: Okay, see that makes sense. Yes, Ted, Teddy Ballgame is legitimately one of the five
1: greatest hitters ever, and that's of hundred and thirty years a, her of baseball. And Hernandez is one of the best five defensive first basemen ever. I don't think that is something we can prove. He's got eleven
2: Gold Gloves. That is not. That is a. That is a. I think we've. I think we can all agree awards are meaningless. Well, okay, awards, awards, not awards in baseball nothing. though, because no, 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 because no, no. The, the
1: voters are the worst. They're they're the meanest.
2: They are no, no, no. They are subjective uh, to to narratives, just like they are in every other sport. There, I probably would start with like Oscar Robertson. Um, I'd love to watch or, or Pistol Pete, like some of the true great players. Uh, Will Chamberlain in his prime, on and off the court. Um. Listen, what happens in 1960s YouTube or sorry, U-porn happens and stays on 1960s U-porn. But old NFL, um man, I'd love to watch Jim Brown in his prime. Jim because Jim Brown was the Wilt Chamberlain of the NFL. He was just he was a man amongst boys. No one could tackle him. He he not only uh, didn't run away from contact, he, solic- he solicited it. So Jim Brown's another one. I mean, listen, I was very young when it happened. So Joe Montana in his prime. like yeah. There are so many, much like you, there are so many players. So the first of our five questions here is, what player do you wish you would have watched in person? All right, now we move to the next one. Who are your celebrity doppelgangers? These, not, This is not who you think you look like. It's who people have told you
1: you look like. He's not a celebrity, per se, because he lives in the animated world. <laughs> this isn't good. Bobby Hill. I thought you were going to say Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you definitely look like Bobby Hill, though. Uh, you've got an Otis. From which really pisses you off. Does it piss you more off that he's fat or that he's a wrestler? Yes. You look like skinny Otis. That's a compliment.
1: You look like skinny somebody. I only get you look like fat somebody. <laughs> so maybe take the compliment, you D. So can I tell a quick story about how I first got called uh, Bobby Hill? Yes. So I, my first job, like many people's first job, was in a grocery store. And there was the, the Pepsi guy looked more like Bobby Hill than I did. But one of our guys in the at the at the grocery store, he made some comment and called me Bobby Hill. But I thought he was calling the other guy Bobby Hill. And I was like, <laughs> hey man, don't call him that. So he goes, I'm calling you Bobby Hill, dumbass. So he <laughs> then went dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> he just got dumbass? and <laughs> it got rough. I
2: mean I mean he's got a point. I would <laughs> hear him out. He, he might he might just be a really good dumbass scout. Um <laughs> I've I've gotten Will Sasso. I've never... uh, Somebody once... uh, (laughs) All right, this lady I went to broadcasting school with, Mickey, who was like in her mid-50s, and I think she was on... She was on some level of opioids. Like, she was just an older woman with a prescription problem, and she used to say, you remind me of Chevy Chase. (laughs) And I was just like, (laughs) huh? We don't look anything alike. You look just like... And then she would, like, because she was on prescription drugs, she would say stuff like she would call him Chevy Chase instead of Chevy Chase. (laughs) So, yeah, I got Will Sasso of uh, Mad TV. And not when he was skinny, either. Only fat Will Sasso and Chevy Chase, who at the time I really hated. Number three of our five questions. What is your number one road trip bucket list item and... This can be sports, it
1: can also not be sports. So if I'm going sports, it's it's probably Duke Carolina and in, in Cameron or Yankees, Red Sox, and Fenway.
2: hmm I've I've gone to Yankees, Red Sox at Fenway, actually.
1: Uh, so that's I'll, one of the bucket list things off the item. If it's non sports, I want to go to the Grand Canyon. I've heard it's a grand experience.
2: I uh I have
1: so many places in
2: Europe I want to see. Um, I really, if we start the bucket list thing, I really want to go to Italy with my wife. I want to eat a lot of pasta. I want to get in that uh, uh, romantic mood and do what you do when it's just you and your significant other in uh, in one of those boats in Venice, which hopefully I don't tip over. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think Italy and just... Everything in Italy is like on my probably one of the first things on my bucket list. Paris is another one. Or just France in general, like the French countryside. What about Britain, um, yeah, I'd go to Britain. I'd go see Big Ben. I go, I'd go hit up Fat Andy, Jessica Charman's dad. We'd hang out. We'd call into to talk radio over there. I've heard it's a great place. I like the idea that if me and Fat Andy tag team a call, it's Fat Andy and Fatter Nick. I love that idea of that's it, we're like a we're like a. Uh, a talk radio call-in tag team. Number two, and this I actually think is the toughest question because it's encompassing all of sports. Who is the best free agent signing ever?
1: So I saw a, a person on the text line mention Shaquille O'Neal to the Lakers. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Greg which... Maddox to the uh, to the Braves needs to be called in for a Big Cat Dan. that In 93, you added the best pitcher in baseball to a staff of guys who were all the best pitchers in baseball baseball. it's very akin to having DeGrom and signing Scherzer but having them when Greg Maddox was like 26 or 27 Yeah. yeah true story that move was either going to be Greg Maddox or Barry Bonds. Really? The Braves had a move for Barry Bonds, a trade in the works. Jim Leland went into the uh, owner's uh, box for the Pittsburgh Pirates and say says, if you trade for this deal, if you trade him to Atlanta, I quit. And then what happened a year later? <laughs> he left in free agency. Maybe Jim Leland should have taken the deal.
1: Recency bias leads me to say Brady to Tampa Bay because he has elevated that terrible organization. They've been elevated
2: there before. Um, There's a Super Bowl with Gruden. Like, there was, and again, it's the least winning franchise in the history yeah. of the NFL. But, like, to me, it, it's got to start with somebody like LeBron to Cleveland 2.0. Because when he went to the Heat, well, he had D Wade, he had uh, Chris Bosch, and they had already won a title with Shaq and D Wade. Like, that organization had already been there. LeBron went home to a place that had never won a title. The the city hadn't won a title since 1964, and he overcame a god-awful owner. He He overcame a roster that had a lot of talent but did not fit together very well, and... I'll be honest with you, if it weren't for Kevin Durant, I think LeBron has more than just one title in Cleveland. It's just fate kind of went against him there. I think LeBron, for me, is probably the best free agent signing, but LeBron 2.0.
1: That's definitely maybe the toughest question we've ever asked in the history of the five questions. Uh, 704
2: number saying, I know it's overseas, but Cristiano Ronaldo From Manchester United to Real Madrid. Yeah. That might be Jessica Charman who sent that one in. Or Fat Andy. All right, final one, and this one's probably going to make us go way over time. Who
1: is your favorite TV
2: character of all time?
1: This is really weird because my answer doesn't come from my favorite TV show of all time, which, of course, is Friends. I narrowed it down to either Tony Soprano or Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. And since you've never seen Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. I think it's got to be Soprano because he is the greatest as depiction a word of what a crime boss is and should be.
2: I'm a little concerned that you have to ask if depiction is a word when it absolutely
1: is a word Dep- and it is a widely used word, even though it's a big word. Not in the historic parts of North and South Carolina.
2: Um, but he's the GOAT. Tony Soprano's up there. I think Walter White where he starts and where he ends is one of the most fascinating characters of all time um, pick, or, pick and choose either uh, Woody Harrelson's character or Matthew McConaughey in True Detective uh, there's a litany you know what I'll throw another one this is an oldie but a goodie Alan Alda's character of Hawkeye Pierce in MASH is like historically underrated in TV he carried the show Mm-hmm. It didn't matter who was around him. It didn't. That character was the anchor of Mash, and it's and it's a trend for Alan Alda to continue to play a character that is very much because on TV you can't really evolve a character much within a comedy drama. Alan Alda's performance in that got better, and no, I'm going to say better. It it continued to refine itself and get better. The more he got into it, I'll, th- that is another very underrated favorite TV character. To choose one, I, I guess I'll go Walter White, but literally any of the ones I, I mentioned here. Seven oh four number saying Michael Scott in the Office. Oh yeah. Uh, we're gonna get to your responses here, but when we come back, it's time for the Gold Brick ceremony. We're gonna give you the four best moments of the show. You're gonna vote on them, and we will. Well, we're gonna find out what the best moment from the show this week was on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC.